welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. We up to you, big Tennessee Homer. <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm doing well over here as our March to SEC Media Days continues. We've been having a hell of a time doing these team-by-team breakdowns, Shane, and we've been saving this one, one of our most loyal fan bases out there, the South Carolina Gamecocks. You ready to talk? <laughs> Shane Beaver and them Gamecocks, brother. Oh, man, been listening to Sandstorm all morning. <laughs> Getting pumped up for this one. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. Listeners are probably like, what's wrong with Shane? He's already drunk. But, no, <laughs> the fact of the matter is we're doing this one really early. Mike was up really late. So, uh, yeah, I am, I'm doing a little day drinking here, Mike. But I am ready to talk <laughs> some Gamecock football. <laughs> so, of course, uh, you know, last year, real quickly, touch on what happened. Seven and six season. Shane Beamer's debut, fifth in the SEC East. But really, Shane, I mean, this was a very, very surprising result after uh, the kind of the crash and burn of the Will Muschamp era and all the injuries that the Gamecocks had to deal with. You know, some somewhat of an up-and-down season, I'd say, a little inconsistent from times, but uh, got kind of crushed by some of the better teams they played, but did some crushing against some other yeah. teams and pulled off several upsets shade which i think is really speaks to uh what can be accomplished this upcoming season after just raiding the transfer portal so again seven and six in shane beamer's debut <laughs> debut debut <laughs> season there uh and that i think that caught a lot of people off guard around the sec just how uh well they played at times don't you think Mike, me, me included. I, I, I'm watching that Tennessee-South Carolina game right. thinking, man, this is going to be a long year for the Gamecocks. I just – honestly, I thought there would be rumblings at the end of the season. Is Beamer the guy? You know, there were right. some question marks with the coaching staff coming into last season. He had a tough time getting some coordinators. And, you know, it just didn't feel like we were going to have a product, productive season. But, damn, they did, brother. I mean, it wasn't – Crystal, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but finishing, if I would have told you South Carolina ends the season with seven wins, there's a lot of Gamecock fans that would be happy with that. Um, and just the way that they they produced toward the tail end of the season is even better because when you're looking as a fan, you want to see that improvement through the season. And I think we saw that with South Carolina. Yeah, and uh, another thing we got going here for the Gamecock, Shane staff continuity, all three coordinators return. Only had two assistants leave the program. One went to be a high school head coach, and he got replaced by Jody Wright. So that's our new tight ends coach, Shane. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a very interesting hire here because Jody Wright, last two seasons, Shane, was an NFL assistant coach with the New York Giants. And before that, he was UAB offensive line coach and running game coordinator. But more importantly, Shane, the three years before that, he was at Alabama, the director of player personnel. So he was kind of in charge of, of helping the recruiting class get built and the behind the scenes of what Nick Saban and company are doing down there. Yeah. Now they can translate that to the South Carolina Gamecocks. So 
hey, I think this is a upgrade here for the South Carolina Gamecocks and Jody Wright. Absolutely, and and that's the that's you know there there's a lot of people talk about South Carolina being uh, you know poor man tied in you if you will. You think about some of the greats that come through there like Jared Cook and and Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. you know, just to name a few. This is a this is a pivotal position coach that uh, for for a position that knows how to produce talent. South Carolina finds a way to put tight ends in the NFL, so uh, I think it's a great hire. And the only other assistant they lost, Shane, unfortunately, Mike Peterson to the Florida Gate, uh, Florida Gators. So you, you never – you hate to lose any assistant, but you really right. hate to lose one to a divisional opponent. But I think Shane Beamer rebounded well here, hired Sterling Lucas, another former NFL assistant. He was the uh, assistant D-line coach for the Jaguars last season. Mm-hmm. The four years before that, he's with the Baltimore Ravens. And how about this, Shane? You love when I get these little nuggets of lists you never even heard of. But uh, on three sports, they annually put out rising assistant coaches that you need to be uh, on watch to to one day you know rise in the coaching ranks. They got Sterling Lucas on this list. So Ooh. here we go. I think we got a really promising uh, assistant coach here for the South Carolina Gamecocks. You know, it's funny. It's growing up. There, there was no such thing as everybody gets an award, you know? It was like, <laughs> it was like, there was just like a handful of awards that got handed out at the end of the season and there was no sugarcoat it. But I do love, I do love list. I do love these different awards that they come up with. Everybody's getting a trophy these days. And South Carolina's got some on their coaching staff. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> But, of course, you know, what really matters, Shane, is the players on the field. And, you know, we've got a couple of issues to to address here in Columbia, but they did it with the transfer portal. We'll get to that in a moment. But returning production for the Gamecock, Shane, only 38% of the passing yards. Luke Doty is your leading passer. But, of course, we're right. adding Spencer Rattler. So, you can yeah, kind just of – a little – just that little guy at Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, you know, you may have heard of him. <laughs> so, you may – you can completely overlook that. Rushing yards, again, that's another one. Only returning – 30% of the rushing yards from last season. But, again, we've addressed that via the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest running back Christian Beal Smith led Wake Forest in rushing the last two years. Now he's a South Carolina Gamecock. 67% of the receiving yards return with Josh Van being our, our leader for the Gamecocks. But, again, this is another position that we really attacked yep via the transfer portal, and then offensive line, 89% of this starts. All five returning linemen are back from last mm-hmm. late last season. So we've got the makings of a very, very improved offense if all these pieces gel together. You know what? Well, and that's, that's why there's so much hype coming out of Columbia, Mike, is because we're expecting that to gel together. Uh, I mean, I, even looking at the running back production, I love Kevin Harris, but – Mm-hmm. You know, he there was a lot of times he he met a loaded backfield. I mean, right. he was there was eight nine in the box because that was all South Carolina was able to do. You know, that's not going to be the case this coming up here, like you said with the via transfer portal. So, I, I think 
the offensive line is key, but what they what they're bringing back is 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 skilled positions. I, I think honestly, man, we're going to get into it. I think this running back room improves tremendously. And and uh, again, I don't want to get too far. You're on you're on chapter three, and I'm trying to get to chapter <laughs> eight here, Mike. But I, I am I am very excited about this backfield uh, of South Carolina. Not just the quarterback, you know. I I, I think this running back. This this committee that they're going to be putting on the field, uh-huh. uh, a lot of people are going to realize, man, South Carolina's got some some serious talent back there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but sticking with the defense for just a minute, Shane, we returned fifty four percent of our tackles. Brad Johnson and his seventy four lead the way there. Tackles for loss, forty four percent return. Mm-hmm. Jordan Strahan had six last year. Sacks, forty eight percent. Was Zach Pickens leading the way with four? And interceptions, 53% return with uh, the great Cam Smith. He had three. He was your your leading returning interceptor last season mm-hmm. for the Gamecocks. So, a lot to replace on defense as well. But, uh, you know, a ton of talent. And, and that is another side of the ball that the we have attacked with the transfer portal. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the big story in the offseason in Columbia. So, let's get to it. I think you could make the case, Shane, that uh, South Carolina – no no team did better in the SEC than South Carolina attacking the transfer portal, getting needs and getting impact players right out the gate. And really – uh-huh. I'll tell you, if we were handing out awards for transfers, South Carolina would be the, the winning <laughs> – you know <laughs> They would have the award because they are transfer you this season. But sorry, I, I'm, get, I'm getting excited because these – this this team is going to look so much different than it did last year. And it was good last year, but it's going to be great this season. Well, here you are, Shane, complaining about all these uh, mythical trophies, and you're handing them out here to the South <laughs> yeah, Carolina Gamecocks. I, I said, since we're in the <laughs> – tis the season, you know. <laughs> but real quick, the guys that uh, South Carolina lost to the transfer portal, you, you never want to lose anybody, but not a ton of impact here, Shane. E.J. Jenkins went to Georgia Tech. Kobe Fields, a linebacker, went to LSU. Uh, Jason Brown, who, you know, he was he was pivotal down the stretch to get you a couple wins. He's now at Virginia Tech. And Devonta Davis, defensive lineman, jumped to Virginia. That's basically it when you're talking about potential impact players leaving. Mm-hmm. When you talk about incoming, though, Shane, <laughs> we got to start with Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. Over 4,500 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and over 70% completion percentage. And he just single-handedly – you know, I, 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 I've been saying this all offseason. I'm not ready to give this guy the Heisman or anything like that. <laughs> but he raises the profile of the South Carolina Gamecocks, their prospects this season, and their recruiting, I really do think, for years to come because he makes South Carolina a destination – program i mean you just cannot overstate how big of a win this was for for shane beamer and company absolutely i mean how many times we say this about coaches you need to go out here and get a sexy hire that's what they did they went out here and got a sexy quarterback because this is going to make south carolina fun to watch you you know there's going to be i'm sure there was a couple games penciled in this year if you were looking at it last season you're saying yeah i could see that on you know, SEC noon, I, I could see that just be, getting penciled in somewhere late night, you know. But this is now a team that is marketable mainly because of the quarterback play. So, expect that right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And joining 
Spencer Rattler in Columbia, Shane. I love when I went back and watched Spencer Rattler, the other guy that really jumped out to me was tight end Austin Stogner, also from Oklahoma, of course. 40, yeah. 47 catches, 654 yards, eight touchdowns, and he is legitimately, Shane, six foot seven. So just a monster <laughs> target out there that, that's already got that rapport with Rattler. He was coached by Shane Beamer at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he, Austin Stogner should slide right into uh, a big role for the Gamecocks. Absolutely. Now, we attacked receivers. We really needed to attack receivers. I love this guy, Antoine Juice Wells from James Madison. Shane, mm -hmm. he was he was at James Madison for two seasons. Yeah. He's third all-time in that school's history in touchdowns. 21 touchdowns in two seasons. Ninth in receiving yards, ninth in catches. And, again, he did, he did all that damage in just two seasons. Uh, they also <laughs> it's added – Huh? It's hard to believe we have the same middle name, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they also added uh, Corey Rucker from Arkansas State, Shane. Check out his yeah. numbers in t just two seasons. 75 catches, 1,279 yards, 14 touchdowns. Mm. I mean, my goodness, we don't need these guys to come in here and dominate the SEC. We need them to no. just contribute because we got Josh Van, we got Spencer right. Rattler, we got Jakeem Bell, we've got Austin Stogner. I mean, this this is what you want. I mean, I don't want to get put the cart in front of the horse, Shane, but this is kind of this may be too bold. But remember LSU under Joe Burrow, it was like, yeah. who's this guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> this guy's making plays. That guy's making plays. That's what you need if if you want to be an elite SEC uh, offense. It's just multiple weapons across the board. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to be an exciting brand. That's important, too, because you're thinking about future recruits coming to that school. Well, they're going to open it up, man. That This, this isn't an offense we've seen in South Carolina since Spurrier, man. Mm-hmm. And then we've added a couple running backs here. Christian Beal Smith, the guy I mentioned from Wake Forest, uh, 44 career games, 22 mm -hmm. career starts, 1,871 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns the last two seasons. And, again, he's likely just going to be uh, – you know, you know, I don't want to call him a backup, but we got Marshawn Lloyd back there. So, yeah. we don't need Christian Beal Smith to come in here and be the workhorse. They also added Lavoisier Carroll from Georgia – who was uh, the number six high school running back in the country. He got to Georgia, and they put him at defensive back. He's coming to South Carolina to play running back. So mm -hmm. we should have one hell of a running back room, which is something that you pointed to. You know what? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be the strongest room in in, in South Carolina here. Uh, I The thing I love about it, though, it's not just one player. It seems like South Carolina got in a rut of just giving the ball to one man. You don't have to do that now. It is a committee, mm -hmm. and I love Lloyd. I, we've talked about him being a breakout player, a breakout candidate this season. You do that by keeping him rested and bringing him in in, in certain, certain types of plays. So uh, I think it's going to be an electric room and uh, exciting brand. Now, the two big defensive additions via the transfer portal, D Devonnie Reed from Central Michigan. Mm -hmm. This was a guy many, many SEC progr programs were after. He started for four years at Central Michigan. 287 tackles, three picks. He was all Mac the last two years. He should slide right into a starting role at South mm -hmm. Carolina. Uh, they got a defensive lineman from NC State, Terrell Dawkins, 42 tackles. Uh, he was NC State Rookie of the Year in 2020, and he was uh, a little banged up last year. Otherwise, he would have had an even bigger 2021. He's got three years, 
to play at South Carolina. So, again, some nice additions on the defensive side, too. Yeah, well, that's – and that's that's where they need it, Mike. I, I think this offense, obviously, is going to be improved. It's the defense I'm a little worried about. So, I'm glad they were aggressive in the portal. And you talk real quick about uh, the recruiting – you know, not as good as, you, as you'd want it, number 24 in the country. But mm -hmm. they did land some potential impact players on the defensive side of the ball, Shane. Keenan Nelson, the safety four-star. Stone Blanton, the linebacker, also a four-star. Anthony Rose, a safety. And linebacker Donovan Westmoreland. So, yeah. you like to see that talent. And, and again, we're, we're at the point, basically, in Columbia with uh, two cycles, two transfer portals in here. We don't need these guys to come in and start. We just need them to come in and, and provide some depth, particularly when we That's get into it. SEC play. And I think you're getting it from some of those guys. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. We, we need competitive depth. We need these boys to grow up real quick because mm -hmm. they are going to get some playing time, especially when it gets later in the season. So, uh, you know, not the best recruiting class, but – what you know, it was in areas they really needed it. I think that was what's what was most important there. Yeah, and and you know we should have a little asterisk there. The recruiting class does not factor in the transfer portals, which right. <laughs> that yeah. would increase it significantly. You know exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you let me just say, Mike, if if it was, I mean, it would be a top ten class, easy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, hey, as for ranking the offensive position group, Shane, you, I think we're going to be in agreement here. Mm -hmm. running backs I think running it's going to be strongest position group for South Carolina with Marshawn Lloyd Christian Beal Smith we've talked about Rashad Amos Lavoisier Carroll uh, uh, we go four deep here at running back at, at yeah. uh, South Carolina and you will see all of them probably in the first game you know that's that's the <laughs> that's the beautiful thing you're not going to know who's got the ball now you could go any different direction on second position group but because of Spencer Rattler and his star power, I'm going quarterbacks, number two. Mm -hmm. We got Luke Doty behind him, who, you know, still a lot of promise with Luke Doty. Uh, Colton Gutier, the second-year player, and then they signed a freshman four-star, Braden Davis. I think we got a pretty strong quarterback room here, too. Yeah, and you kind of have to, man. I mean, when you think about the last quarterback came through, you know, bagging groceries up there in Kansas somewhere, <laughs> this this, you, this is a step up. This is a development. You, the position is going to look so much better just because you've got somebody that is a, that is a proven leader and a, and a, and a hell of a quarterback. Um, so I'm going to go quarterback number two as well here. It's close, though, because I really love that receiver room, brother. Yeah, and that's where I'm going number three, Shane. We got Josh Van, of course. Standout player, uh, Juice Wells, Shane's other cousin, it sounds like. <laughs> to carry on, Joyner, man, let's not forget about, you know, the X factor he brings to this yeah. offense. He he single-handedly won him the bowl game. Uh, yep. Marion Brown, Xavier Levitt, Corey Rucker, again, the Arkansas State transfer, Chad Tyrell, Rico Powers, Omega Blake. Mm -hmm. we got a hell of a receiver room here. <laughs> Dude, there's – there's individual talent. There's X factors all across that that side of the ball. You know, when you think about Madden and something, somebody getting heated up, that, that it could happen in any position, especially in that receiver room. Mm -hmm. And you know, you could kind of throw this guy in, but it, you know, he's listed as a tight end. One guy right. that we haven't really even hit on, Jaquim Bell, Shane, who star of the bowl game. Right. You know, he may be the biggest breakout player that's uh, not a quarterback in the SEC this year, and, and you team him with Austin Stogner, 
My goodness, Shane, we got Buddy. we got a, a hell of a one-two there. <laughs> exactly. It's it. There's gonna be this fireworks, man. It's like the Fourth of July or South Carolina. That's why they're so happy, man. <laughs> I'm never mad. I, you talk to any Gamecock fan right now. They it's it's almost too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like 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 my little kid. They got a new toy and they can't wait to get home and play with it. You know, it's it's that's South Carolina fans right now, and rightfully so. And that's. Last but not least, the offensive line, Shane. We, again, we've returned five guys with starting experience. Jalen Nichols, Eric Douglas, mm-hmm. Javon Gwynn, Dylan Wanham, Rashawn Lee. And we got quality backups here. Ja'Kai Moore, Hank Manos, Trey Jones, Tyshawn Wanamaker. It's pretty wild. You got that, you know, five guys with returning experience. And, and you could legitimately put them last on the, on the rankings. Yeah. But – Again, that kind of speaks to the potential of this entire offense for South Carolina. And to be honest, Mike, part of the reason why they improved throughout the season was because that offensive line did. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a group. It's not sexy, you know. Nobody's going to be wearing their jerseys, but this is this is a unit that needs to stay together, get better because they're. I mean, seriously, they're protecting the franchise back there. Yeah, no doubt. Now skipping over to the defensive side, Shane. I think we're going to be led by the defensive backs. We got mm-hmm. Cam Smith. He's an All SEC player. Got to lead with him. R.J. Roderick, Darius Rush. We mentioned the transfer, Devonnie Reed. We got mm-hmm. Mar- um, Marcellus Dial, David Spalling, O'Donnell Fortune. Uh, this is a very, very talented and deep group of defensive backs that uh, the Gamecocks got to work with. And it, if you're talking talent on that side of the ball, that's the position you really want because there's potential shootouts that these teams are going to get involved with. And if you got some good defensive backs, you can kind of – you know, outscore them, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where you want. It's it's deep, and uh, I would say the best uh, – oh, of course, I don't want to get in rankings, but the best part of their defense <laughs> for sure. Now, the defensive line is pretty loaded too, Shane, with guys with massive, massive potential. Mm-hmm. We kind of need these guys to step up, particularly against the run. But, I mean, Jordan Birch, he was uh, yeah. number one overall prospect when he came out. Zach Pickens, he was also a five-star. Jordan Strahan, who, who came out and was a breakout star last year. MJ Webb, Alex is Huntley. He to, is he kidding to Michael Strahan? Just <laughs> no. curious. I mean, no, I don't, I mean, I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. Have but, you seen his teeth lately? I don't know. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Alex Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, and then the, the, the NC State transfer, Tyrell Dawkins. That This is a very deep and talented group, too, for uh, the Gamecocks. Well, that's that's the key word there, potential. Yeah, you know, these guys got all the potential. They had all the hype coming out of high school, man. And if if mm-hmm. any group takes a step forward, and if it's this one, watch out, brother. And that, that's no slight to the linebackers either. We got some talented linebackers here: Brad Johnson, Sherrod yeah. Green, Muhammad Kaba is a guy that I keep hearing great things about. And then, oh, another Debo down here in Columbia, Shane <laughs> Debo Williams. So. I, I think with that uh, that foursome there, really solid group for the Gamecocks. Absolutely. And if you can get that defensive front going, it only makes the linebackers better. So I I, I like this crew, uh, but shoot, just uh, we need that defensive line, brother. That's yeah. that's that's my star, my asterisk right there. Mm-hmm. And, and last to hear the specialist, Shane, Parker White, the outstanding kicker, he's graduated. Yeah. So now we got to re- rely on <laughs> – Mitch Jeter, who he did kick a 47-yard field goal in the spring game, but, you know, showcased his leg a little bit there, but could be a drop-off. But we do return Kai Kroger at punter, all-SEC mm-hmm. freshman, 
two seasons ago. An outstanding punter. Uh, but, uh, you know, South Carolina is going to be in some some toss-up type games. They really need right. Mitch Jeter to to prove, uh, you know, he's he can live up to the hype of Parker White. Brother, there's going to be some coin toss games that you're going to get into here in a little bit, and it will come down to special things. <laughs> when you said Parker White, I was like, man, is he coming back? You know, I, thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was like, uh, what's his name down there in Auburn? Here we got another one just <laughs> – but no, he's he's officially out of there. So yeah, new new special teams. We just uh, we, again, we're gonna have some close games. We're gonna need everything from mm-hmm. everybody. Well, speaking of the schedule, Shane, I know that's your favorite part. So yes, sir. Let's just dive right into it with uh, the season opener. Of course, at home against a little you know I don't want to say dangerous team, but a team that cannot be overlooked. Cousin Shane knows all about overlooking this one. Georgia mm-hmm. State right out the gate. Ooh, doggy. Why do you do that, man? You, you always <laughs> – we're going to be talking about Georgia State when I'm 85 years old. You're going to remind <laughs> me that they whooped Tennessee's ass one year. But, you know, this is a team that people should stop scheduling. Uh, you think about <laughs> Auburn. You think about Tennessee. And, and the last thing you want to do is overlook a program because this one has shown us that they come prepared every time they play an SEC team. So um, I don't think it's a close game, but I've said that the last two SEC opponents they face. So, but give me South Carolina with the win here. Mm-hmm. Now here's a tricky one, Shane. This could be the game of the week in the SEC week two, South Carolina at Arkansas. That's going to mm-hmm. tell us a lot about both of these teams. We're very high on the Razorbacks, but even optimistically, could you see South Carolina going on the road and beating the Razorbacks? Oh, Mike, this is a tough one, man, uh, because I really love Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I just love them top to bottom, both sides of the football. I just think they've got it. But I want to be optimistic as well for South Carolina fans, and I think one disadvantage to this game is the fact it's played so early in the season. Mm-hmm. But – Talk about equalizer. It's quarterback position, and and being optimistic, I got to think that Spencer Rattler comes in there just balling. I gotta I gotta come in there thinking that this offensive line is better, and that this running back group is legit, like we just put on a pedestal. If all those pieces fall together, yes, they can beat Arkansas. So optimistically, I got South Carolina going two and zero here, baby. And one thing that may help them, Shane, they've already scheduled the you know, the kickoff time and everything. It's mm-hmm. going to be 11 a.m. Central time out there in Arkansas, <laughs> so it's not going to be a night game. Arkansas fans already kind of peeved about that, but, hey, I don't blame them. Yeah. But that does help South Carolina's chances. But I think I'm going to pull a cousin Shane, like you did against Arkansas when they go <laughs> A&M and Alabama, because that's who South Carolina's got Georgia the yeah. next week. They got them at home. I'm going to split the difference kind of like you did. Win okay. one, lose one, optimistically. Because, hell, I already went on Paul Feinbaum and said <laughs> they're going to take down Georgia Bulldogs. So, I kind of got to stick with that. But, uh, you know, I, I think even if you trade those, if you lose to Georgia but you beat Arkansas, I still think you're fired up if you're a Gamecock fan. Yeah, and it's a shame you couldn't pause Feinbaum and just say, hey, can we edit that out because <laughs> – <laughs> 
I just, again, I, we're going to say it every time we talk an East opponent here. I just don't see anybody beating Georgia right now optimistically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've got South Carolina losing their first game, but potentially being 2-1 and one at this point. I think South Carolina fans are still happy. And I think the, it's close. I think it's a close game. I just yeah. think Georgia's too deep. Maybe late in the late in the game, that starts to show a little bit. But but getting Georgia early is kind of key in my mind. That, yeah, yeah. The, I think it, the, the only shot you got at upsetting them is early. Well, and that's the key, man. The tape will be out after week three, so mm-hmm. not that it won't be week two, but it, the less they can show against those first two opponents, the better they are when they when they go against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now we get a break in the schedule here. Charlotte comes to town. Easy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Well, I know Charlotte, but I don't even know if that's the right Charlotte I'm thinking of. You know what I mean? Yeah, unless it's the Panthers, man. They ain't got. It. I mean, this this thing ain't <laughs> <laughs> no ball game at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, nothing against Charlotte. I like the area, but uh, I don't like their football team. <laughs> now next is South Carolina State. I I didn't even know that was a school. Did you? Uh, no, again, made up. This is this is this is like their JUCO team. You know. <laughs> They play the freshman team. That's it. But it's important. You're coming off two really tough games, Arkansas, Georgia. You got two cupcakes to get your shit right again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that the scheduling, whoever did this one was perfect. Uh, But South Carolina is moving at this point. Now, this could be the most critical game of the season, Shane, at Kentucky. Mm Mm-hmm. Kentucky owns you right now, South Carolina, and it, that, that's got to be one of the biggest thorns in your side. If you want to elevate this program to being a true SEC right. East contender, you've got to turn the tides with this series. What are the chances it happens at Lexington this year, Shane? Tough, tough ball game. I love Kentucky here. I, I, I just – Optimistically, I'm thinking that that defensive front, the one that we just talked about, has found their identity and they are playing at that five-star level because that's what they're going to have to have. They're going to have to shut down Rodriguez if he's playing. They're going to have to shut down this rushing attack Mm -hmm. and put it on the quarterback and make Will win this game. And if it goes toe-to-toe with them, just like they did with the Tennessee Volunteers, there's a good shot they could lose that game. So, optimistically, I'm going South Carolina here. Ooh, five and one. Hey, I think the Gamecocks would take that going into the bye. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, again, how can you rule right now in July? How can you rule that that option out? You know, I I, I think if the stars are aligned, South Carolina's going to be playing some some killer football here. Now you got two weeks to prepare for Texas A and M coming to Columbia. Mm-hmm. They just demolished you last season, but Texas A and M will be coming off. Well, they, they also got two weeks to prepare, but they will be coming off the Alabama game. So, yeah. who knows where their psyche is. Uh, optimistically, could you see South Carolina beating the Aggies? <sighs> it's a tall glass of water, brother, and I just don't think they got it yet. I, I think they're getting there. I think that the, the team is developing and getting better, but they're just not deep enough to compete with the Aggies. Mm-hmm. The fact that Texas A&M does have two weeks to, you know, whether they lose or win, get their minds right back on the schedule. There's no overlooking South Carolina here. So, okay. um, I, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to have a loss here for the Gamecocks. Well, how about the following week, Shane? A, another home game. Missouri comes to mm-hmm. Columbia. you got to like uh, the Gamecocks in that one, I would think. 
you know, this is a rivalry we don't talk enough about, you know. (laughs) I don't know what the award is, the old Columbia Trophy. (laughs) But uh, this is always an exciting game to watch, and it sometimes comes down to the final possession. But I think think South Carolina's just got too many weapons this year. Yeah. How about uh, the following week at Vanderbilt? I mean, Vanderbilt nearly (laughs) knocked them off. So, you know, I I think you can make the case South Carolina, they – you know, they may have over, overlooked Vanderbilt. They won't be doing it this year. It, the fact that I know when that game was played because I remember somebody telling me that it's a ball game. You know, it's just like <laughs> you can almost remember it. So, uh, no, this will not be a ball game at all this year. Uh, South Carolina destroys Vandy. I think that was me that told you, Shane. We were at it was. Tennessee <laughs> Ole Miss. Or, or Ole Miss we at were Tennessee. Sitting- we were sitting there in the stands, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and it was a shame we couldn't pull it up on our phones. <laughs> now, now here's a tricky one, Shane. They they managed to beat this team last year, but much tougher. Ian Gainesville at Florida, optimistically. Uh-huh. Could South Carolina knock off the Gators two years in a row? Absolutely. Why not? They did it last year. Uh, Florida was talented last year and still South Carolina won. And I think South Carolina is even like you want to talk improvements. I think the South Carolina roster has improved significantly more than the Florida Gators. So at this point, you know, we're, we're talking a top 15 team with South Carolina. If the only loss they got is with Georgia. And so, you know, they're finally getting the respect they deserve. They go down to Gainesville, haven't done it in a long time, but I think they could sneak away with a victory down there. Ooh, let's see if you'll say that. The following week, Shane, because old Tennessee <laughs> comes to town. And, you know, kind of the same things I said about uh, Kentucky can apply. South Carolina needs to jump Tennessee if they, you know, truly want to take that next step in the SEC uh, to, to become a true contender to them Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, last season was pretty lopsided, but it was in Neyland Stadium. Thoughts on uh, can South Carolina swing that thing back, beat Tennessee at home? Well, Mike, second half is is was my sign when when they saw how they could slow this this hopple attack. They did it, man. And there was a, there was a moment in the third fourth quarter that I said, "Oh shit, are we going to let these guys back in it?" You know, <laughs> I mean that 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 had me a little worried, and that showed me good coaching. That showed me a good adjustments, but that also sticks in the back of Beamer's mind. So I think he'll be better prepared when he faces the Tennessee Volunteers this time. And they've got more weapons, Mike. They they can be a little bit more diversified over there with their offense, with running and, and passing attacks. So, yeah, this is a coin toss game for me. And anytime we're talking optimism, I'm going to lean toward the team I'm rooting for here. And unfortunately, it's not going to be my Volunteers. <laughs> so that means the fi- finale, Shane, at Clemson. Yes. Tigers have uh, owned the Gamecocks here lately. But uh, will that be changing this fall, you think? Brother, I've been telling you for a long time that Clemson is is falling apart. You know, this is they, – they put themselves on a pedestal that they're the next Alabama and that Dabo's the next Nick Saban. No, I don't think that's it at all. I really do think that Clemson's on their way back down to reality and that ends with icing on the cake and South Carolina getting their first victory in a long time. <laughs> so give me the upset over Clemson because if I'm being optimistic, Mike, at this point, we're talking about a one-loss South Carolina team that has played – or two-loss, I apologize, two-loss South Carolina team. Mm-hmm. Top, top, Still, a top 25 team. They're, they're playing at the best of their ability. This defensive line has found their identity. This quarterback and Rattler and the running back, they, they've got all the talent 
tangible pieces to beat Clemson. And uh, and I think if the stars are aligned and we're being optimistic, Mike, we cannot rule out the fact that South Carolina can beat Clemson this year. Dang, so optimistically you got the Gamecocks sitting at 10-2 and two this upcoming season, yeah. huh? Absolutely, man. It's all about it's all about offense, baby. It's all about quarterbacks. It's it's I I'm I'm buying in the fact that Spencer is going to fit well in the SEC. Um mm-hmm. now, I mean, he's got a lot to prove. He's got to come out here. I mean, we may be looking at that Arkansas game saying, "Oh shit, can we erase this podcast?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's always that chance, but there's all you you got to also have the 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 chance that they they Take the step forward. I I saw it in their football team last year. Why can't we see it grow into this season? Mm. I think uh, I'm going to be a little less bold than you, Shane. But uh, you know, I agree with a lot of your points. But I think I'd lean more towards nine and three, mm-hmm. being very optimistic. And here's the main reason, Shane. I've got three games as listed. This is kind of how I do it. Get you know, games they should win, games they unlikely to win, and then toss ups. And I have three unlikely wins, Georgia, A&M, at Clemson. But, hell, I'm already on record that they'll beat Georgia, so I, I got to throw that into the win column. But that means uh, we still got four games I consider toss-up, Shane, at Arkansas, mm-hmm. at Kentucky, at Florida, and home for Tennessee. So I just think it's a little too much to ask them to win all those toss-up games. Uh, I'm not sure which one they'd lose, but maybe for your sake, I'd say Tennessee. But, uh, you know, at Kentucky, it's kind of hard to pick South Carolina to beat Kentucky until we actually see it. So, realistically, that might be a better option. And and also, hell, we were on here just the other day saying Florida could be a 10-win team. So, Mm -hmm. that is going to be a very, very difficult game as well. So, that's kind of why I lean a little bit more towards uh, 9-3. and I didn't know this was the realistic pod. I thought this was the optimistic pod, but whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, Debbie Downer. We'll go with that one then. <laughs> I, I think that's a hell of a step up, though, from No, me. I know. I, I'm i messing with you. Any any of those two results, I think Gamecock fans are happy. Um, the main thing is they, they want to they have the big game. And mm-hmm. it's been a while since they beat Georgia. But if you can beat Georgia, A&M, or Clemson, one of those teams, I think – I th- that's your Super Bowl, man. That's your co- that's your national championship, mm-hmm. especially Clemson. Just getting that monkey off your back, but um, you know they're getting there. That's the thing. This team has the potential to beat those teams. Uh, it's going to take perfect conditions, but it could happen. Now let me ask you this, Shane. Moving beyond from Clemson, just because that's a hated rival, and it, and we could just put that to the top of the list, but. Which one do you think is the most important game of the season for South Carolina to have a good year? And, and again, moving, not considering Clemson. So, I'm just sticking to SEC opponents here, Shane. At, yeah. at Arkansas, week two, which, again, I, I think you could lose that and still have a hell of a year because that's a West opponent. Mm-hmm. So, I think the, the answer is probably in an East team. But at Kentucky, Tennessee at home, or at Florida – which which game do you think is the most important for South Carolina to win in order to have a great season? I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one. And I think for national attention, it needs to be Arkansas mm-hmm. um, because there's going to be a lot of hype, hype coming out of South Carolina. It's just going to keep picking up steam as we get closer to the season. 
and that can all be that that can be tore away week two if they go and get destroyed by Arkansas Razorbacks. People stop paying attention, yeah. and people need to pay attention to South Carolina. These recruits need to pay attention to South Carolina. You do that by beating Arkansas and being competitive against the other teams that you play later in your season. So I think that is uh, the obvious answers now for morale and for fan support. You know, I, I think Tennessee is is very important but i i think that kentucky game um is, is also important but south if i had to pick one i'm going to go tennessee just because it's at home it's a game they need mm-hmm. uh you know because there was a lot of memes coming out after that one and <laughs> and tennessee fans were you know we love our twitters and we got on there and we made sure that you saw that we kicked your ass you know so i think you know how it is if somebody beats you up you go home you work out for a year you come back and you want to fight them again you know it's like it's like every rocky movie ever that's that's what's happening in south carolina so i'm taking arkansas uh for the fan support or for for national media attention but i'm going to go tennessee for uh actual fan support here and you might be onto something there shane because i i'm a huge believer i don't know about you but i'm a believer in momentum in college football and if you win early particularly at arkansas where everyone's going to be picking against you Mm -hmm. if you tell me the gamecocks win can can beat arkansas on the road then i fully you know, I got no problem with you saying they can win at Kentucky, at Florida, or at yeah. home against Tennessee. Hell, if they could beat at Arkansas, they could, they could win all those games. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's it. It's it's all about momentum. Some people say it's fake, but I, I think momentum is real, and I think it happens every day, and it gets lost in in, in some of these these storylines. But South Carolina, I mean, the script they they're writing it. Is this going to be the season, or is this just another season? So, um, I think we'll know by week two. Yeah, and I, I can't thank you enough, Shane, for getting us all these South Carolina fans with just 10-2 record. <laughs> Man, they're going to build a statue of you down there. You know what? <laughs> well, I, 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 seriously, I, I hope they win every game except one, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> they just spent millions of dollars on that, that cock statue, you know. They might, well, might as well get something out of it. <laughs> Well, brother, hey, I think uh, you know that was another great edition of our fall camp preview. You got any other Gamecock questions before we uh, close the chapter on, on South Carolina? Real quick, Mike. All right. Uh, best offensive player, who you got? You know, I think Spencer Rattler is the easy answer. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go Jaheim Bell because I think you got to okay. get him more involved when they did that last season. Uh, hell, I think they were, you know, that's when they were at their, their mightiest. So, mm-hmm. you know, s- someone to, to really elevate that, that offense aside from the obvious quarterback, I'm going Jaheim Bell. I'm going Lloyd, man. I've been, Ooh. not to sound creepy, but I've been watching videos of this kid play <laughs> since 16 years old. You know, and I kept thinking he is going to be the next great NFL player to come out of some college football team. South Carolina landed him, and, you know, it's been a rough rocky start with injuries and stuff but i think i think this is his breakout season so give me him give me lloyd for uh offensive mvp mvp uh defense who you got well real quick before i get to defense shane you know i think that speaks to the fact of of just how deep and talented the south carolina is that that we could legitimately make points for a number of players on offense so yeah again that that's why we're so excited about south carolina but for the defense 
Hmm. I almost want to say Jordan Birch because we, you know, he could live up to that five star potential. That could be an answer. But I'm going Cam Smith, the corner. I think he uh, he's your best defensive player there in Columbia. I'm going Birch on defense. Uh, we saw flashes of it last year. I, I I think he improves on that, and I I think he's just he's one of the next great first rounders uh, playing in the NFL. So he does that by taking a step forward this year. And then if you're picking somebody on the roster to win the Heisman Trophy, who's it going to be, and why is their answer going to be the same? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the Rattler band, Spencer yeah. Rattler. He's already got his logo. He's uh, one of the biggest names in college football. And, and if he takes this offense to another gear, the accolades mm-hmm. will come. I just – I want to see him earn that before we start giving that Heisman praise. You know what? Absolutely, man. The kid has taken it over. I've watched a lot of commercials already. Uh, the <laughs> NIL, I mean, he is all in, man. That kid's made more money down there in one summer <laughs> than we're going to make our whole lives, Mike. So, I, I've i got you. I, I, the campaign has already started, and it will continue while he's down there. So, uh, I say Rattler for the Heisman. So. Uh, but that's that's my list, and I think 10-2, and 9-3, I think South Carolina fans are going to be extremely happy with those results. Yeah, no doubt. Well, brother, I can't thank you enough for uh, showing up for another outstanding SEC fall camp preview edition with uh, Media Days right around the corner. we got more of these coming, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Cox. Hehehehe. <laughs>